2: Everybody. Welcome to the Road Oral Football Show. I am Patrick Doherty, joined on Tuesday, October 3rd by Mr. Denny Carter. We will be breaking down one Monday night football game after back-to-back doubleheaders. Uh, the U.S. government finally said we can't have too much bad too many Bad Island games in one night. It can only be one Bad Island game. We will talk about the Seahawks and Giants. The Giants playing in primetime every single week of the season. It appeared Denny Carter. Before getting into this week's news including two really big returns. Cooper Cup for the Rams. Jonathan Taylor maybe for the Colts. Or we should say Cooper Cup also maybe for the Rams. We don't entirely know what's going to happen there. Talk about what is going on with the Bengals offense, is bankrupting families all over this great nation. Um, Kyle Pitts, who has been on year three of bankrupting great American families. Um, we'll find out what's <laughs> going on there. Uh, we're talking about the Panthers' backfield, the Patriots' backfield, Maybe even the Lions backfield per Denny. But uh, I don't know. We don't have anything to riff about, by the
3: way. Uh, uh, well, uh, listen, I'm, we can riff about this. I am getting just steamrolled on the site formerly known as Twitter for saying that Bryce Young is not as good as CJ Stroud.
2: Uh, he has not been anywhere close to as good. I would say it's a little early still, Denny. Um, and these things take – How long? How,
3: long? how long do we need? Because I, I really Well, in the case it. of Josh Young, it took three years. Okay, so three years, then we can start posting up Bryce. Young. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. You have to wait three years now. It's the, the rule of Josh Allen. Okay. So yeah, we can't you can't have any player takes until they've completed two seasons and then are then several games into their third season. Yeah, no, I mean
3: that's the sen- the sense that I got was you need to wait several years, if not the entire career. So maybe when Bryce Young retires in 2038, I can then start posting about him.
2: Denny, I will not be waiting several years to declare JSN done. He's a bust. Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's never going to amount to anything in the NFL. Uh, He has not amounted to anything through the first four games. He's caught only 12 of 20 targets for 62 yards. Uh, He's seeding snaps to someone named Jake Bobo. Um, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf both look like Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. JSN is one of the absolute lowest yards per outrun in the entire NFL as you might guess. Bye weeks are starting this week. Injuries are mounting with each passing week. Is JSN droppable from the squad?
3: Yeah, right. With bye weeks, I do think that it is time for uh some reevaluation of, you know, using using your bench in the the best ways possible. Look, we're here to optimize your teams and the way to optimize your team does not include keeping a guy running 58% of the routes uh, on a team. He's a slot receiver on a team that uses three receivers at the seventh lowest rate in the NFL. Uh, we mentioned that last week. That ha- that did not change this past week. Lots of tight end usage. Now, Seahawks fans, look, they have a lot of excuses and maybe one one day JSN will be good. I, I actually do believe that his profile was very good coming out of college, but even if Tyler Lockett, even if Metcalf go, goes down, I don't think we're going to see a huge bump in snaps or routes. So it's time to cut bait.
2: It is time to cut bait. And not time at all to cut bait on Jason's career. Just to make sure people knew I was tongue in cheek on that. But so yeah, he's not even failing for the reasons I thought he would fail. Like I thought he would fail just because where are the touches? Where are the routes going to come from behind Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf? So I thought like even if he was efficient. Even if he was good, he wasn't going to get home in fantasy, but he hasn't been efficient yet. He hasn't made any big plays yet, so he's kind of failing on both run- fronts where DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are doing what they always do, and he's just not forcing the coaching staff's hand at all. I mean, maybe he, it's because he's, it's hard to s- stand out on such a limited work. Although 58% of the routes, it's not like it's nothing, um, but he's not forcing the issue. He, he was a guy who was always going to have to force the issue to be viable basically. And I, now he's in a situation where it's going to become increasingly difficult for him to force the issue. I would say if you're looking for one final JSN thing to cling to, it is the Seahawks bye week. Teams always reevaluate how they're using their personnel during their bye weeks. There's typically a post bye rookie bump. So you could – you can plausibly construct like holding JSN for two more weeks scenario, but I do think JSN is a drop.
3: I do too. I mean, if someone online as someone online told me the other day – uh, I couldn't get excited about drafting Pete Carroll's third wide receiver.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, it makes sense. Hey, Richard, I couldn't get excited Denny about drafting the New York giants number one wide receiver because he's a tight end. Yeah. Aaron Waller, uh, he has 15 catches for 153 scoreless yards. He's yet, he's only gone over 36 yards. One time he's looking like kind of what he is a 31 year old. Who's missed a lot of time with injury the past two years. And, even if he's still got something left in the tank, he's just so miscast for this role. They need him for like, I want to tell you the easiest number one receiver in the world to take away is a 31 year old tight end. Like you can game plan for that. Does this have no hope of turning it around? And what is your overall evaluation of the Darren Waller situation for the Giants?
3: Yeah. I, I mean, they're using him like on the outside on the boundary a lot, which is weird. Um, very you know, it, you know he's i should say you know he's leading the team in first read targets so you know i guess nominally he is the wide receiver one but on a on, on a team with a, with a quarterback who has no time to drop back and no time to throw uh the kind of routes that that he's running are not conducive to any kind of productivity also you know waller look you said you know he's 31 uh, he's only running around on 68% of the dropbacks. And yeah. I guess that's skewed a little bit by some garbage time that the Giants have experienced this year. Cause it's been quite the bad start to the season, but uh, three it, points
2: for two home games.
3: It's not encouraging. The, the usage is not encouraging. The production is not encouraging. Uh, yeah. I always, I, I was always a, a little, I did have some FOMO. I will say on Waller when he would make a catch in training camp and you'd have 12. Cause look, the Giants have more beat writers than anybody in America. So they do. So the, the Giants beat writers would instantly come out, this guy is unguardable. This guy is uncoverable. He's going to catch 150 passes this year. And people, we freaked out because, you know, it's just, it's just human nature. But I just didn't understand, like, why not simply get a good receiver rather than a tight end?
2: Yeah, he was really lighting up in training camp, the defense that has allowed 40, 28, 30, and 24 points. So that might have was. Been saying more about the Giants' defense than it was Darren Waller. They, they can't guard him. They absolutely cannot guard this guy. He's open literally every single play. And it turns out it's just because the defense is bad, and not because Darren Waller is I ready think to that's, go totally that's correct. Um, yeah, I just don't even know. We can't drop Darren Waller, but uh, we're dropping Kyle Pitts out of the top 12 at tight end. We're not getting that drastic with Darren Waller yet, are we? I mean, at some point, the Giants' schedule. We'll ease up. Although I don't think that's anytime soon. Yeah, the Dolphins, the Bills, the Commanders, the Jets—a lot of tough defenses in there.
3: Yeah, no, I, I don't think that you're going to find anybody on the waiver wire who, who's going to be better than Waller. I mean, Waller is still like he's he's tied for sixth in tight end pass routes. Um, you know, he has uh, tenth most targets among tight ends. I mean, these are not sterling numbers, but what I'm saying is you can't get that on the wire. So you just got to run with it and and hope for the best.
2: Is he in the regression files this week? Has he been in the regression files, Darren Waller?
3: I thought you said the Russian files, and I was like, I oh, I don't know. A, goes without saying that he's in those, but uh, <laughs> sorry, the regression. <laughs> files. Yeah, that's a call the Kremlin. Uh, yeah, no, uh, he is not. Uh, I I haven't really looked looked into the Monday night players yet, but you know, he he might he might fit that bill. You never know.
2: What is the name of those, those Russian hats? I think a, uh, Ushanka. Uh, I he would know. look very natural in one of those. <laughs> <laughs> he might be. He might be in the Russian files. Darren Waller. I will be right back after this. NBA training camps. Camps. NBA training camps start soon. And here's your chance to get an assist with your fantasy draft with the Roto-World Basketball Draft Guide. Visit NBCSports.com and use the promo code Hoops23 at checkout to score a 20% discount a $10 e-gift card to Fanatics, and free season-long tools with your draft guide purchase.
0: Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint starting at $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake, or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass, whatever your inspiration starts your spring with durable colors that last all season with bare premium plus paint starting at $28.98 a gallon at the home depot how doers get more done
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but
0: let me play devil's advocate here
1: let's see so no that's a good thing uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem uh, Reese's you did it you stumped this charming devil
2: Denny, are you going to be watching the NBA this year, by the way?
3: Of course, I'll be grinding NBA DFS. Like, hey, I Are you still
2: doing. an NBA thought leader? I forget. I,
3: I'm, I'm, I'm going to be leading thoughts eventually. And by the way, hey, I'm happy to see the MLB postseason is here. Only 60 more days of baseball. You know, <laughs> it's, true.
2: it's true. I was wondering, are you becoming an MLB postseason thought leader? Now the the <laughs> Orioles, the number one seed in the American League, begin play this weekend.
3: I know. I'm looking looking forward to it. I have my O's hat uh, ready to go, and uh, we are we are looking forward to it. If I if I could touch on one thing about the Giants, real quick, can no, we? Ho- go-
2: will get to the, we're going to get to the Giants. Hold that Giants okay. thought. I don't usually like to try to humiliate my co guests or my co hosts. My, can you name one Orioles player?
3: Yes. Uh, Hunter or no Gunner? Ooh,
2: oh, yeah, <laughs> Henderson. <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. Gunnar Henderson, who I think is going to win rookie of the year. I believe he still had rookie eligibility and yep. an extremely hot finish to the year
3: that guy. forming
2: a very imposing core with Adley Rutschman, but enough about the NBA enough about baseball. We have a lot more giants talk, but what is the giants thought you need to get off your chest? Any?
3: Wondell Robinson. Uh, look, we like a PPR scam. And I think that's what we have here with Wondell. Uh He was active for the first time last week. Uh, he saw a huge uptick in playing time on Monday night against uh, Seattle, and I have his numbers here somewhere. Here it is. Uh, so he's been targeted on 27 percent of his routes in two games. It's pretty strong. Uh, like I said, saw a playing time bump. Uh, last actually against Seattle, he ran the second most routes on the team behind only Darius Slayton. And look, his 3.2 average depth of target, not not beautiful, many would say. Is but that in leading
2: the Giants, though, probably how would you say? <laughs> I said, Is that leading the Giants, though? Probably that was a joke.
3: No, no, but I mean, it is, it's bleak. Uh, but in an offense that can't protect the quarterback and with Daniel Jones having, you know, 0.4 seconds to throw the ball, those low a dot targets are going to be all there is in this offense. Like it's the only viable path to like actually getting the football. So I kind of do, I do think that Robinson should be picked up in PPR leagues where you can start, you know, four or five receivers.
2: It's just the only kind of quarterbacking Daniel Jones is comfortable playing too. We, as you and I talked about frequently, throughout his rookie contract. The few times he actually threw deep, he always graded out well in the advanced metrics in it, Uh, but they don't ask him to do it very much. When they do ask him to do it, he checks down a lot. It's just not something he's ever been comfortable doing. I would say he doesn't have the personnel to do it right now, but I mean, Darius Slayton can catch a deep ball. Jalen Hyatt can catch a deep ball. Maybe even Darren Waller. If you're willing to let someone try to win a a one-on-one, those aren't, those aren't the kind of throws Daniel Jones makes. The A dot is going to remain catastrophically low. And, and something I can't stop thinking about, and I couldn't stop thinking about this during the game last night. We're like, he has no time to throw. Like, he's not being protected at all. The, no question that it's a bad offensive line. And I think sometimes I now go too far the other direction, blaming sacks on the quarterback. But, I mean, you take 10 sacks, man, I don't know if that's your offensive line. And maybe you should consider throwing the ball one time.
3: His – um, I'm, I'm not going to get bogged down in this stat, but – there's a stat called sack rate over expected. And let's just say that his is off the charts. Right
2: and if you, if you lead the league and fumbles since 2019, as Dan, Daniel Jones does um, maybe it's not the protection. And he's got quite the alibi where everyone thinks it's the offensive line. And I'm sure it's not a great offensive line, uh, but he is not making it look any better than it is. Then I was going to ask you if there were any giants pass catchers you liked. And Wandale really is the only one. I mean, one Wanda, I kind of had a suspicion this was going to happen. And it seems like it is happening. And that I I think it's very much real, too. Uh, Is there anyone beyond Wandale? or there's anything interesting in the data?
3: Not really. I mean, maybe when Barkley comes back, he'll be, you know, kind of scammy from a PPR standpoint. Um, But, you know, this idea that Saquon Barkley is going to make the difference, all the difference in this offense, that's not... That's not true. (laughs) That's not true. That's not happening. His efficiency
2: was lessening at the end of last year. His big playability was really going down in the second half of 2022. The blocking issues are probably more real for him. Not that they're not real for Daniel Jones, but probably even more noticeable with Saquon Barkley than they are with Daniel Jones. And, yes, they should maybe trade Saquon Barkley.
3: Yeah, they they should. They should have done that like six weeks ago. But uh, also, this defense is not very good. So they're going to be facing a lot of negative game scripts. That's not good for Barkley. Like I, I, I just—it's just a struggle for me to like create a story in my head where Saquon Barkley comes back and is an elite fantasy producer.
2: We've probably already talked too much about the New York Giants. We have a lot to talk about, but real quick, this week, Deshaun Watson's on by, Justin Herbert's on by, Geno Smith is on by, Baker Mayfield's on by. We basically just spent 15 minutes talking about how bad the Giants are, but. Can we stream Daniel Jones against the Miami Dolphins? The total is at 50. Uh, the Dolphins, elite offense. The defense, I'm assuming, is going to be well-coordinated but giving up a lot of points for a lot of reasons. One of the reasons is that teams have to throw a lot against them. Can we stream Daniel Jones against the Miami Dolphins or has it just gotten too risky? The, the upside is like a little too hard to, for him to reach. Uh, would you really want to be – if you're a Herbert manager, could you be trusting Danny Dimes this week?
3: I, I, I would rather – have Sam Howell? yeah absolutely absolutely folks <laughs> yeah right I mean I mean look uh Danny Dimes as the kids call him they, they, the, Dime, the
2: Dimesman as the aristocrats he, call him
3: he has he has some rushing based upside I mean he, he's he has 17 rushing attempts in in three games uh design rushes I should say so you know that that's not bad but uh how is the, the much safer play gets to play against, I don't know, the worst defense of a generation. Uh, and uh, so I, I do think that's the play. But, yeah, I mean, with the bye weeks, Jones is necessarily in play if you're struggling a quarterback.
2: He is in play. We'll see what happens. Now. We're going to move on now to one of the most fascinating storylines I can remember in recent NFL history where we have Puka Nakua, a day three rookie, is second in the league in receiving – he has the most catches through his first four games of any player in NFL history. He's nuked three times in four weeks. Even his bad game, he had over 70 yards. He's is just he been the league winner so far in fantasy football. But he has a guy who the last time he was healthy in Cooper Cup had the second most receptions, the second most receiving yards in NFL history, <laughs> still commanding 10 to 12 targets every time he's played since 2021. He is at least practicing this week. We don't know if he's going to actually come back and make his 2020, 2023 debut this weekend. But this, I don't even know how. Let's start with who are we ranking higher? Puka Nakua or Cooper Cup?
3: I I look, I'm a Puka guy from way back. Okay? You are. Denny
2: was the Puka Nakua thought leader <laughs> over the summer. <laughs> and you are, that is why, I uh, just got to be honest, every time I see you post some content from your backyard, it seems like it's gotten an acre bigger. <laughs> that is because I believe of all your summer Puka Nakua shirt. I don't remember Denny having uh, an entire par 3 uh, golf course in yeah, the backyard. I it's do, only par I 3
3: but I'm actually I'm taking loans out all my best ball winnings uh, right now so we'll see how that goes Please, getting an advance
2: uh, underdog is advanced to uh, I'm not sure <laughs> if they should be advancing Denny 300k just yet we'll see what
3: happens hopefully Puka doesn't get injured let's hope yeah. for that uh so <laughs> or I'm going to need more shifts, by the way. Yeah. And so I, I do think you, you have to rank uh, Puka, you know, abo- I'm sorry. You have to rank Cooper Cup above Puka. Um, th- th- one thing about this Rams offense, and, and I'm writing about this in the r- regression files is they've actually turned quite run heavy inside the 10 yard line when that has really not been Sean McVay's calling card during the Matthew Stafford era uh, with the Rams uh, they, they were, but over the past two seasons, among the past heaviest teams in the green zone inside the ten. And I think that had to do with Cooper Cup, you know. So I, when he comes back, I expect him to have all that touchdown-based upside. I think I still, you know, you're starting Puka, but you, you, you have. I think you have to concede that Cup is the the wide receiver one.
2: It is interesting the stat about the Rams running inside the ten yard. It could also be with Matthew Stafford. Kind of Matt Ryaning pretty hardcore, even with Cooper Cup, I feel like he's been committing, maybe anecdotally, a lot of turnovers inside the red zone. And definitely one of the reasons uh, – th- the run heaviness inside the 20 is definitely one of the reasons Matthew Stafford's touchdown rate remains like really fluky, like really, really low. 1.7%. For yeah, I mean, for, that should, even double that would be flukily low for how yeah. many passing yards he has. I think he's second in the league in passing. Yes. The uh-huh. under 4% touchdown rate is like just a straight-up fluke. I, I am I'm keeping Puka ahead of Cooper Cup this week, if Cooper even plays. We don't even know if he plays. Because right. I'm a very conservative ranker, and just the huge uncertainty factor. You know, Cooper Cup's been getting hurt a lot when he plays football lately. What's his fitness level now? It seems like they only got a grip on this injury like two or three weeks ago. You know, for a while, they are talking about, like, is it a nerve issue? We don't even know what it is. It seems like they do know what it is now. I feel like there's enough uncertainty, though, to keep Puka ahead of Cooper for at least one week. Because it's kind of like two, it doesn't really matter. It's kind of an arbitrary debate. Both will be yeah. 100% started in fantasy football leagues this weekend. It's against an Eagles defense. They, they could harass Matthew Stafford, but giving up a lot of fantasy points. I think the sixth most quarterback fantasy points, the fifth most receiver fantasy points for the Eagles. So it's not actually that bad of a matchup. No. Um, and I, I'm just for the uncertainty, being a conservative ranker, I am keeping Puka ahead of Cooper Cup. With, Acknowledgement that it doesn't really matter Because I think they're both going to be 100% played
3: I think it's pretty close and and honestly I think That this what we're going to see is uh, A very tight target uh, Distribution between Cup and Nakua like Tutu Atwell is probably not playable Anymore which is you know Kind of disappointing because he's had nine targets In each of the th- last three games and Higby is like a desperation Streamer with Cup back in the fold So I, I, I think both Both will be fine I will say Puka Nakua has the sixth highest share of first read targets, which is really strong. It's just a cra- crazy good profile. I do think that that takes a major hit with cutback.
2: that not take a major hit. I do think most of the targets will be coming out of like Tutu Atwell share and Tyler Higby share. Even though In theory, Tutu Atwell, like guess snaps won't really be affected. He plays almost a different position than the way the Rams use Puka and Cooper cup. But of course his targets will take it. And I think the Tyler Higby, maybe the Tyler Higby scam is finally over. I think how is this guy going to still get targets? So there's Puka and Cooper cup out there, but really, really fascinating situation. We at least know which team Cooper cup is going to be playing for when he returns. We don't really entirely know what Jonathan Taylor is going to be doing. It certainly seems like it's going to be for the Colts at this point. That trade market has gone cold. We don't know for sure if they're going to activate him. It seems like he's healthy. They have announced he's practicing, Mm -hmm. uh, I just continue to have no idea what to tell fantasy managers we're doing with Jonathan Taylor. And do you expect them to play? What team do you expect them to play for?
3: Uh, things of that yeah. nature. So ESPN's Dan Graziano was up bright and early with me he was. this morning.
2: Very, very early. And
3: he said, uh, he said on ESPN, he said, uh, it is still, I can't remember the wording, but. Unresolved. It remains
2: unsettled. remains unsettled. Remains unsettled.
3: The situation remains unsettled. Uh so I, but I do think I do think that all signs point to Jonathan Taylor having no choice but to suit up for the Colts. He's expected to practice Wednesday. Um Maybe he doesn't get like a full workload to start, but you know the team has made it clear like you you don't have to play for us, but you're not going to play for anybody else. I mean, they gave him you know they gave him a, a the, uh, the uh, permission to seek a trade, but that but that that was never going to happen. I mean, Jim Irsey sitting there like a. Like a deranged fantasy manager saying, "I want, I want yeah, Christian yeah. Watson in a first round." Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like
2: Jalen Waddell, things of that nature.
3: That's <laughs> come on, that's that's just funny. That's it. That's, a, you know, that that's
2: funny. I don't care
3: who you are. That's funny. Uh, and uh, so he's staying put. He's staying put. But if you have Zach Moss, keep him. See how it unfolds.
2: If Jonathan Taylor is active this week, can we still start Zach Moss?
3: Oh. I don't know. Oh, I thought you were going to say, "Are we starting Taylor?" Yeah, I'm starting Taylor, but I don't. I don't think you can start Zach Moss in that case. No, No,
2: it's against the Titans, too. Notoriously stingy on the ground, they do allow a lot of production through the air. Don't tell Joe Burrow that. Uh, It is facing Anthony Richardson. Doesn't seem like a good matchup for Anthony Richardson. A team that yeah uh, really shuts down the ground. He doesn't. Anthony Richardson doesn't seem ready to maybe like go crazy against them through the air. Could be a very down week for the Colts offense.
3: I love Anthony Richardson as a fantasy producer and as a person, he seems like a really, really solid person. He's bad for this offense. He's bad for the fantasy players in this offense. He just is because, you know, he has 10 to 12 rushes per game. That just completely lops off the target-based upside for a guy like Pittman, a guy like Downs, right? Um, And he takes a lot of those – inside the 10 inside the five carries which crushes the running back whoever it is so I actually am not very hopeful for Jonathan Taylor coming back are we
2: the first game or two he played I guess it was only like the first half of week two it seemed like he was at least supplying PPR looks for Michael Pittman that really was only week one though because he barely played in week two he scored two rushing touchdowns in 10 minutes and then had to set the rest of the day so I guess I was wondering if people were overreacting to one bad game from Michael Pittman, but it's basically been one okay game and one bad game, and I, I think your your reading of the situation probably is more correct. Yeah.
3: But it can't be great. I mean, Pittman had a great game with Minshew, and listen, if if Minshew started the rest of the season, I mean that, that would be devastating to my fantasy teams because I have a lot of Richardson. But if you have Pittman, that's what you want. I, I mean, that's what you want, not because Minshew is some great quarterback but because Minshew is going to rush zero times and he's going to throw 35 to 40 times a game because the Colts have a bad defense because the Colts are constantly in negative script. So that, that's what you're looking for. I'm not saying you can't start Pittman, but man, that upside takes a ding with Richardson.
2: Yeah, Gardner Minshew was born into the short to intermediate ADOT, uh, molded by it. You <laughs> um, can't remember yeah. the rest
3: of the Bane quote. I mean, Josh Downs would see like 145 targets if Minshew were the. I haven't
2: haven't seen the Dark Knight since George Bush was president. I don't think. Uh, No, that was the Dark Knight Rises too. I know. Sorry, I need to get political. Uh, Obama
3: was president when the Dark Knight Rises came out. That's back when movies uh, were were we're big we're big news
2: it was there were hey we, there were two big movies one of which was an nbc universal film you may have heard of it called oppenheimer yeah, i've gone back I saw it. no big movies we are part of a movie studio here we are begging you all to. i go saw it to the four theater. times just so everyone knows we're begging you to go to the theater please go <laughs> to the theater uh, it actually is so much better than watching at home oh any the uh, only prompt i put here was bingles offense like ellipses question mark what I, I saw uh, that
3: what? and I have an answer. Give us, have, the,
0: answer. Give us the
2: answer.
3: It's not, it's not a short answer and you're not going to like it. Um, but uh, here it is. So Joe Burrow is being blitzed at a far higher rate this year. And I think that's because he is not mobile. So
2: he can't move. I think is the
3: reason. He, why. So teams know that and teams are blitzing him nonstop. Uh, and here's how it's going. All right, these numbers are actually kind of striking. Um, not great for podcast form, but, but hear me out. So when he's being when he's being blitzed this year, Joe Burrow is completing fifty three percent of his passes at a clip of four point eight yards per attempt. Okay, fifty three percent, four point eight. Now last year, that was a sixty six percent completion rate when blitzed and a seven point seven yards per attempt in twenty twenty one. It was 72% and 10.6 yards per attempt. Man. Okay. So he was eating the blitz alive in previous seasons when he was an elite fantasy option. And now he, it, he's basically Justin Fields when, when he's being blitz. I mean, they're, they're, they're side by side in those metrics. So, that that's what's happening. That's what's happening, and and the Bengals are trying to be pass heavy, but they can't quite look at. They were second in pass rate over expected. They were
2: really trying to be pass heavy, and I can't quite understand why.
3: Yeah, and but they're sixth now, and probably that's too high right it's now. Way, you know? way
2: way too high.
3: Um, and and but their offensive line stinks. Okay, uh, Pro Football Focus grades the Bengals' offensive line as the sixth worst pass blocking unit in the league. They were bottom five last year, but the difference, of course is that Burrow could move last year, and he can't He can't move. So that calf injury, I, I, it seems like has torpedoed the Bengals season.
2: It really, really has. And I guess one reason why they remain so pass rate overexpected is he quite literally can't take snaps under center because he can't backpedal, so they don't want him pushing off off his calf. And I, it's hard to have an effective running game solely out of shotgun. There, no easy solution to this other than sitting. They have their bye in week seven. He could sit the next two games – have the buy and get three weeks of badly needed rest, but at one and three, I mean they'd be really risking one and five, and the season officially being over. So I think they're just going to hope and pray that he goes random superstar mode these next two weeks, and are they just grind out a victory and then they finally do it? Yeah, they during the buy they send him to Germany. He gets the stem cells. <laughs> I mean that's not legal. Injected into his his calf, and then the season turns around.
3: You you started a GoFundMe uh, to send <laughs> to. to <laughs> To send Joe Burrow to a, a town in Germany that no one has heard of, you started this six weeks ago. We still haven't hit the mark. So come on, guys.
2: Yeah, we, I, I believe I'm gonna find, pull up my article and read my own joke real quick.
3: We <laughs> um, love our.
2: If there's some reason Joe Burrow has yet to undergo some sort of mysterious stem cell treatment in a German university town whose population peaked in 1653. Um, (laughs) That's really, really, really what we need from Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. We need the very mysterious, quite possibly illegal, medical treatment on his calf because this is not working. By the way, you talk about his yards per attempt when being blitzed. His yards per attempt in week four was 5.5, a horrible mark. You need to be over seven, really, to be a good quarterback. You really need to be like over 6.7, 6.8. His YPA of five point five against the Titans was a season high. Uh,
3: Good grief! So that's where he's at right now. And this, yeah. um, well, you know, it comes down to this: if you took Chase over CMC, you your season is lost. There's no recovering.
2: You you're you have deleted your phone number three several times because the bank won't
3: stop calling <laughs> about your house. It's over. Like like okay, like you could work the waiver wire perfectly from here on out and do everything right. Get all your your good start sit decisions, all that, and it's still still very much over for you. Uh, and because uh, Chase Chase is seeing his A dot has collapsed. Okay, so they're they're trying to get him involved with a bunch of short stuff, but that's not going to cut it. That's not what we're looking for. That's not why you drafted him after ju- right after Justin Jefferson.
2: No, it's real real bad. Yeah, it's hard to find the light at the end of the Bengals tunnel again. That week seven by. They should. I really do think they should just sit him, roll the dice in the next two weeks. If they go one and one, and come out of the bye two and four, like consider that a best case scenario. And like they need like a, they need a really good card on the river to make the playoffs. But they're a good roster. Maybe they can do that. But yeah, they need to stop trying to. Like comp- contend this year hey, listen, but this could be four, like the next kevin durant where this calf injury he's playing on for two months suddenly becomes a ruptured achilles right they have to be so careful
3: yeah that. so two, two and four with a healthy joe burrow or like a 90 percent joe burrow you can get to the playoffs with
2: that you could yes especially in this division yeah this division is very very weird this year um we'll be right back after this Get your popcorn ready for Sunday night this week. All the stars will be out in Northern California when Micah Parsons and the Dallas Cowboys clash with Christian McCaffrey and the San Francisco 49ers, also known as the Santa Clara 49ers. Coverage of this battle between two of the best teams in the NFC and traditional rivals begins at 7 p.m. Eastern only on NBC and Peacock. And don't forget, find all your favorite NBC sports shows on Amazon music. Just head to amazon.com slash NBC sports.
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
2: We use the phrase a lot, the Zoomers will never know. They really will never know when every year at Cowboys 49ers was just a preview of the NFC Championship game and then was again the NFC Championship game. Two months later, uh, the game uh, finally has a little more gravitas
3: this year as it has in recent years. Well, and yeah, and last year in the playoffs was fun. So, in theory,
2: it was a shootout in the words of Mike McCarthy that was 19 to 9.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Shootout. We love a shootout. We do. Uh, It it was the the Cowboys Niners in the 90s was the Super Bowl.
2: It, It was just, it was the Super Bowl.
3: I mean, it was like, it was like we would like, Kind of laugh like oh like cute that's that's cute the Chargers are going to play the Niners in the Super yeah, Bowl that's funny boy.
2: man that that is maybe the least memorable Super Bowl of all time I mean memorable in that Steve Young finally got his ring like no one remembers the Super Bowl Chargers oh, Natron I, means we remember we remember Natron means of course we I Natron.
3: I disagree well I guess just personally I disagree because those Chargers traumatized me by beating my Dolphins uh to get there. Uh, my my heavily favored Dolphins at home with Marino in his last gasps gasps that re- relevance, um, and also uh, I I wanted the Niners to destroy the Chargers, so that that really worked out.
2: Yeah, that did really. Was that was that the year they went to the Super Bowl? They beat the Dolphins in the playoffs. I actually don't remember that. Uh,
3: they they did beat the Dolphins in, in at home.
2: Bobby Ross, huh? Boy, what was up with
3: uh, Dan Marino? Uh, could have won a big game every now and then he could he could have, he <laughs> could have. that was that was one choice he decided not to he decided he to decide not to never win a big game outside of his rookie season
2: yeah Well, it was the divisional round and yes the dolphins were a higher seat
3: yeah i mean and oh, they wait, were no they favorite.
2: weren't actually the chargers were a higher seat i think no. the dolphins were
3: favored yeah Those the dolphins game
2: was favored. in the game was in jack murphy stadium which is in san diego california
3: really i i had a memory of that at uh joe robbie I know the zoomers will never know when stadiums
2: weren't named like ex-
3: Experian.gov when, when, <laughs> when the stadiums were called the bank.
2: Yeah. When stadiums like had very mysterious. And I wonder who Joe Robbie was.
3: Right. Uh, okay, Trevor Lawrence saying, yeah, come make a run on the bank this, this week. <laughs> yeah, oh gosh.
2: On, I was daydreaming day. about that the other day. Like, we're gonna have public money for these stadiums. Let the let the county, let the city name
3: them. Please. I can't deal with any more extra gum, park No, that would be fine. Oh, extra, whatever. That would be like Wrigley. You know, I mean, I I am good with that. Just these like the, uh, you know, SBF arena. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. The the crypt.
2: Board, board <laughs> the apes crypt. board apes barn. Right. right. Yeah, I know. It's, it's so, so bad. Yeah, places used to have nicknames, like the Pit, that famous college basketball arena, yep. uh, the Shark Tank in San Diego, or excuse me, in San Jose, mm-hmm. uh, whatever we have now. We used to be a country, didn't we?
3: Well, I can't wait for X.com to have its own stadium.
2: What do you think the over-under how long site tries to claim is called X.com is?
3: I, I say the over-under is 100 years. Oh come on, man! There's
2: he's gonna the site will be in new ownership within the next 18 months. That's a yeah. I will set it at 17 and a half months. The over I, under for new ownership for X.com, and I'm taking the under.
3: That man will live to 140 years old. I'm afraid
2: Well, but he's gonna be poor if he holds on to Twitter. It's <laughs> bankrupting him. Uh, speaking of bankrupting people, Kyle Pitts um, getting easily easily. Easily outproduced by Jonah Smith, both in week four, two of the past three weeks, on the season. I mean, I don't even know. Kyle Pitts, not a tight end one anymore, correct? Like, what truly, like, what is the, like, what are we holding on to? I, I think I dropped him, like, tight end 13 last week. Like, mm-hmm. what are people really holding on to at this point? Is he in the regression files? Because, I mean, I'm sure he is still popping in some of the regression metrics, but. I did, I just what, what are you what is the the story we are possibly mm-hmm. telling ourselves mm-hmm. about Kyle
3: Pitts? So yeah, let me let me just give you the, the, the breakdown here of the Johnu Pitts uh catastrophe in Atlanta. So John Smith has been active uh weeks two, three, and four. Okay. Um since since week two, uh Pitts has 28 more pass routes than Johnu Smith and has one pass. Less target, one fewer, one fewer target, one less target,
2: one fewer,
3: one fewer, yeah. So fewer is
2: for a specific number, less is for like uh, a general less.
3: There you go. Okay. So so that that's not good. Johnu leads the team with a target per route run rate of twenty four percent. Pitts is at seventeen percent. Johnu Smith even leads in first read targets over Pitts over the past three games. Look, it's it's just so bleak. It's so bleak for Kyle Pitts now. The the, the Fox broadcast or whoever had that landing game. It was
2: ESPN actually. ESPN neither
3: ESPN here nor there. Bro- broadcast. They they, they 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 mentioned like Pitts not being at full health, and you know, and and that was that was a little bit of a. Say so what? I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Excuse, Excuse me. it would be. Was it announced? Know, Uh, This is not a sideswip at anyone, but like the Falcons don't have like a huge amount of coverage. No, no, the
2: Falcons are the least covered team in the NFL. Actually, not a joke. Yeah,
3: I'm trying to be I'm trying to be kind here, but we don't know anything about what's happening with. No,
2: they are a black Um, box. They essentially do not have a media. uh, Atlanta is a large market that is covered like it is Green Bay.
3: Yeah. And I mean, it's like a college team. Like no one knows who's starting for a college team. No one, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 on, there are only four teams in the whole country who have a quarterback confirmed to start on Saturday. So, <laughs> Sounds
2: like you've been playing some college DFS. I have. <laughs> and that
3: stinks. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Oh, 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 OK. I'm sorry. Alabama has a new quarterback every week. But I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I'm sorry, I wasn't reading up on it because there's no media coverage of college football. With college football, you have
2: to do so many Twitter searches. Like, this, you have to just search the starting quarterback's name like every minute until like, all right, so and so is walking out on the field. You know, it's like six minutes for the game. Right, he's yeah. walking out on the field. I think it's him.
3: Right, right. I think it's him. It yeah, could no, be. It might never not actually. know. I know. It might not be. The newspaper should cover a college team. Seems,
2: it also seems very tenable with the way gambling is in the United States. That <laughs> we can just have situations where teams don't have to have injury reports. They don't have to say who's playing, et cetera. Seems very, I, very
3: my difficult. favorite thing is this college team, this major college team may start one of three guys at quarterback this week. You have to wait and see. That's, you that's have to wait and see. But uh, so anyway. ESPN, they claimed so, Pitts is hurt? Yeah, so they, they claim, you know, because Pitts had suffered a major knee injury last year, said that he's not at, at full health. They implied as much. So maybe that's what's behind this. But John Smith, ha, you know, has had success in this horrific Arthur Smith offense. Um, and you know, so we, I guess I guess we're playing John Smith, folks. I guess we're doing it. So I actually am
2: shocked that Kyle Pitts is so thoroughly out routed, John Smith. I maybe will cling to that. Uh, I didn't expect he, that he would still be running more routes. He's so. out. He's out there for every route
3: almost. Wow. Uh, it's just, so it's just, it's done so, silence when you said it, just, that. it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, there's also the little issue of having the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. I've been thinking about this too. I
2: have been a Desmond Ritter hater since day one. I don't, he, his mechanics, he, he's so weird because like his mechanics, oh, they're textbook. Uh, his mechanics are like literally mechanical, like he yeah. doesn't move fluidly. He looks like he's being oiled between every play. Like He's, he's the like tin man. Tin, he is the tin man at quarterback for the Falcons. He is just way too mechanical to ever have success. But I will say, uh, Arthur Smith's quarterback, uh, kind of hard to look good
3: in this system.
2: Oh, listen, I, I think in this case, it is the chicken and the egg for why Desmond Ritter is struggling.
3: Right. The the chicken and the egg exist simultaneously somehow. It's uh, to, to like the
2: universe. So you tell me the universe has just always existed, huh? Okay. Sorry, not to get political.
3: <laughs> That's what we're
2: saying. Folks. It still still blows my mind.
3: Uh, yeah, Taylor Heineke uh, needs needs to start. Uh, I have to dig up my tweet from August when I said the Desmond Ritter uh, his benching. The over under is set for Week Four. So we'll <laughs> well, was
2: it Week Four? Oh, damn! You didn't cash.
3: It might be four and a half. All right, so four we'll and see. a
2: half. Well, you still didn't cash.
3: But I think I think Arthur Smith likes having a bad quarterback. Actually, oh, he does. He,
2: he absolutely he, does. Which. Plays into the. Uh, sorry, we're just reading tweets that we've sent. I tweeted last night, like, these co- these play callers now are so obsessed with controlling every aspect of the offense and making, like, every play, like, a literal, like, puzzle. And, like, yes. you know, it's the system. Like, everything's – like, they never just call, like, I don't know, maybe have the tall guy catch the ball. Maybe have the right. fast guy run really fast. And Arthur Smith is the absolute yeah, – it's got to be the system. Like, uh, we, we can't just have the oh. fast guy run fast. he you kidding
3: yeah. And it's, it's, it is remarkable. And, uh, but I, I do think that he, he likes having that excuse. Hey, what do you, what do you want? We have the worst quarterback in the league. It's not the system.
2: No, he absolutely loves it. the system. You know, he will go to his grave.
3: But de- come on, man. De- Desmond Ritter, like, like, there's no reason he should be starting for anyone. Like, I, I wouldn't start. I don't think he can start over you know, on any team. He was the kind of quarterback
2: flyer that, like, if he did not hit the ground running, cause he was super low upside as a prospect. And if he did not hit the ground running, basically he's like an Andy Dalton type guy. Like, all right, he's already at a ceiling, but that's pretty good. Like, we didn't have to go through the – he had to be that kind of quarterback. He had to be an Andy Dalton type prospect where there weren't really growing pains. He doesn't have a career ceiling, but he starts at his ceiling. Uh, Desmond Ritter did not do that. And there's absolutely zero reason to belabor the Desmond Ritter point. Uh, But they're going to do it for some reason. and probably to protect the system because only the system can never fail. It can only be failed, and it's being failed by Desmond Ritter.
3: That's that's a good way to put it. I, I okay. Getting back to Pitts though, I'm a little wary of dropping him because I'm like, who who are you picking up? What are you what are you picking? It is up true. From?
2: You actually cannot drop him.
3: Uh, I, I I'm trying to like, I'm racking my brain for someone who might be on the waiver wire. And especially not in your league. Listen, in your league, there's nobody on the wire. So in, in your
2: know. league, uh, Luke Musgrave has been rostered since he was in
3: high school. We already yeah, know and, that. yeah. Right. And that backup Bengals guy, Tanner Hudson, as you drafted him in the fourth round, you did. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh,
2: you had to reach to get him too. like, <laughs> you just really, really wanted him. And if you knew you waited till the fifth, Tanner Hudson would be gone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to look at tight ends just really quickly here. And I don't, no one comes to mind. In yeah. the fact, they still so thoroughly outrouting J- John U. Smith. I mean, yeah, you're not drafting him for Logan Thomas. You're not dropping him for Tyler Conklin, although you want to start Tyler Conklin over him this week, maybe against the
3: Broncos.
2: So, yep, you just got to take your medicine. I, I do, in, I do want to say
3: it. there's a possibility that Pitts and John U. Smith could, could, exist together as fantasy options because no team targets the tight end position more than the Falcons. 36% of the team's targets have gone to tight end. There's not a lot of targets considering the Falcons never throw the ball. But uh, I think that that, that does uh, that is a a scenario that we could see. Speaking of tweeting, I was
2: tweeting a lot over the weekend about Miles Sanders and it's like, why, why is there a humongous fantasy hive for Miles Sanders and people very devoted to the Miles Sanders cause, even though he's never been good, and the best front office in football let him go for nothing, and one of the worst front offices in football signed him. Um, Miles Sanders, uh, he's out there, except for last week, he was getting out everything by Chuba Hubbard, finally. Miles Sanders is not playing at 100%, but it seems like he has not been playing at 100% all year. It's their their trouble in Sanders ice. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, I was ready to go, and then you I dropped Sanders. I, didn't, I, didn't I didn't know
2: that. that was probably gonna throw you. Sorry,
3: about uh, that. yeah. Uh, I mean, look, this is it's so it's Sanders is like barely, barely fantasy viable in 12 team leagues right now. Um, because it's yeah, pretty
2: strong, that's stronger than I might even go, but let's see, really? yeah, in 12 hear
3: it. team, look. He, his role is being taken, like the important stuff, the pass-catching stuff is being taken over by Chuba Hubbard, who is not it's not great, but this past week, and I know Sanders is dinged up, but Hubbard had a slight uh, lead in routes over, over Sanders. And this is a potentially very valuable role in a Carolina offense that targets running back at the league's fifth highest rate. Um, I mean, unless we get Andy Dalton back at some point, nobody's going to be very appealing in this offense. Uh, but <laughs>
2: hold on, I was kind of zoning out there. It's getting near the end of the podcast, and that snapped me back into it. You just casually, and everyone, you know, just takes for granted Andy Dalton's better than Bryce. I. I still reject this notion. Come on. That Andy Dalton is, That's clearly better than Bryce Young. I actually do reject. Clearly. Bryce. I reject this notion. It's not close. He, he had 60 attempts to get like 320
3: yards. I don't care. Look for fantasy purposes. We need Andy Dalton. We need him. He, he, he makes, he makes feeling live as a fantasy option. He makes Hubbard or Sanders. One of them live. It, 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 they're, they're all not live. With, with Bryce young
2: man I don't know I've seen I, Bryce let's give him a little more time, say, let's give him
3: a little I, time. by the way Bri- Bri- I actually like lose my breath when I see Bryce young leave the pocket what? because <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta be honest he
2: Kyler Murray we intellectually we know is small but he's like a fire hydrant he looks yes. like he might you might bounce off him if you try to tackle him Bryce young not uh, the same
3: I, I this guy has got to stop doing that you 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 like I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid for him. I'm not. I'm not playing around. Uh, he took a hit uh, this past week against the Vikings, where the defender popped up and started waving to the sideline. <laughs> what? He started waving oh, like, like, oh God, what have I done? What have I done? And, oh, and then, and, <laughs> and then Bryce Jung got up a few, like, like a minute later, and he was okay. But like, this, this has got to. This is, this does not end well. I don't think. Man, I
2: don't know. But so you're that concerned about Miles Sanders, huh? I
3: mean, you 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 got to look elsewhere. I, I'm trying to think of like, you, I mean, you're starting Cleo Herbert over him. I
2: think. Do you think Miles Sanders is good? Like, am, am I just crazy on this? Am I a hater? Like, I just could not get over the disdain the Eagles coaching staff had for him, and like constantly concocting reasons like, whatever, we got to get Kenneth Gainwell out here for these, all these actually important snaps. And when they just like made. I, I saw him run into his blockers constantly. The fact that they had they rationed his targets down to basically zero by the end of his time in Philadelphia. Yeah, the fact that that front office, that that coaching staff, could not figure out how to use Miles Sanders, like I was just fully out on Miles Sanders after that.
3: I think he's, I think you know he's like a replacement level type guy, and and so is Hubbard, but also Sanders is always hurt, you know. So that that's that's a, a double true. kind of double whammy for him.
2: Concerned there how concerned are we about Ramondre Stevenson 10 or fewer receiving yards each of the past three weeks. I think the yards for carry has not been above 3.3 in any of his four games yards for carry very imperfect stat so on and so forth. But not reasons to be happy about Ramondre Stevenson. So how concerned are we about Ramondre
3: Stevenson? Yeah, very. I mean, he's you know, his route rate is fifty-three percent. You know, that that's not that's not good. Zeke that's is at almost really 30%. Not gonna
2: cut it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, Zeke is at 30 percent. So that's that is not what we were looking for. Like we were you know, we had kind of conceded, hey, uh Zeke's gonna steal some of the high value touches near the goal line or whatever, but not this, not this. So, yeah, I mean, but again, where you drafted Stevenson, the waiver wire options that you have available, you got to keep starting them. Hopefully this Patriots offense kind of figures it out. I don't know. I don't know how, how that's going to happen. Now, Bailey Zappi, check down King. If he gets some some action, it could be, could be better for, for Stevenson. But game script-wise, it hasn't really worked out. And by the way, can, can we talk about the fact that Mac Jones was clearly concussed last week and no one said anything.
2: I don't know. I don't know. If I saw enough of the game. I saw not, a very concussed box score. I will say his, that.
3: his, his fumble, his fumble six early in the game. in the first half, he, he gets hit he, he, thrown on his head. His body goes limp and no one says anything. Then answers don't say anything. He just eventually he, he walks to the sideline and he's not checked out. He he's a he's a disaster. Remember, remember, Tua suffered that concussion on Christmas against the Packers. Oh yeah. And wow. and then suddenly he was he was throwing. And then the Mike McDaniel the next day was like looked at the film and was like, oh my god, Tua's concussed. Uh, I think it's I think that's the same deal with Mac Jones. He was not right after that.
2: Man, it, the announcers always just opt for really awkward silence when they see a player stumbling around. Then most of them like oh, and then <laughs> like oh, I think it's his back.
3: Yeah. Oh, that's an ankle injury if I ever saw one.
2: Then they cut to a Chick-fil-A commercial. (laughs) They Come back and Mac Jones is just in the huddle, pointing indiscriminately. I'm not going to start making jokes. But I, I, you know, get the Patriots, get this guy checked out. I don't think he was right. They will never just get this guy checked (laughs) out. It is crazy. Teams still will never just get this guy checked out. The only reason Anthony Richardson came out. Anthony Richardson had to remove himself from the
3: game when he was concussed.
2: And like he's a rookie, so they're like, "Well, we'll get that fixed.
3: The, the Colts, the Colts were not going to acknowledge, acknowledge no, a clear they concussion. Were,
2: we're truly not going to, and it does make you really worry how many are still just played through every. Week. Oh, it's yeah. Listen, important alarming.
3: important players important players are allowed to play through brain injuries all the time. They absolutely
2: and, it is still graded on a curve. It absolutely yeah. is true. Uh, or like if the Gunner looks woozy, they take him out. Oh, Aaron yeah. Rodgers, like hold on, he's just like that sometimes. <laughs> 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 and then they let him finish the game.
3: Yeah. Aaron, what's your name? Uh, and then he says his that's name. A tr- he's, that's he's, a
2: trick tr- question, bro.
3: Yeah, right. What? Who? What, what's any of our names? Oh,
2: he's like, yeah, I was going to say, Aaron, I was like, what's the nature of
3: names? Yeah. like, are we Don't try me? to label me, man. Yeah. Gosh. Uh,
2: <laughs> we'll end the show. Uh, the Lions. Any expectations for Jameson Williams? Two games lopped off his suspension. He's back for week five. And you wanted to comment on the Lions' increasing run heaviness over the past few weeks.
3: Holy cow. They are the run heaviest team in the red zone uh, through four weeks. We saw that when they were just hammering the Packers late in the game with David Montgomery getting 100 high-value touches. Um, They have the – let's see. I'm looking at it strongly, very strongly right now. The the Lions are 30th in pass rate over expected – Right in line with the Cardinals. Of course, the Falcons are a distant last.
2: Is that total or just to- in the red zone?
3: Total, total. Wow. Man, yeah. it's interesting.
2: So I was wondering why in the world they ran it back with Jared Goff. And maybe it's because they aren't actually running it back with Jared Goff.
3: Well, they, see, this is, but this is what they did last year, Pat. And, and it's, and it's very smart. They actually are, are pretty pass heavy on first down, which that's what smart teams do, right? But then overall, they're not trying to like let it rip with Jared Goff all the time. Like if they get a lead, we know what they're going to do, and, and and this Detroit defense is, I think, good enough to maintain leads, to get leads, and it makes me uh, not worry, but it makes me a little like, – as a guy who drafts a lot of Amon Ra, St. Brown, makes me think that maybe I'm going to miss out on that on that massive upside that I was hoping for because this team is simply just not going to throw when they have a lead.
2: But they might, he might be the one guy they do throw to since he's a classic kind of extension of the running game type receiver – where a the thesis of the play is yak and they yeah. want him to be the yak attack. It isn't in the red zone. Uh, the number one thing you should have Jared Goff do in the red zone is not throw like <laughs> the classic. Like don't let Jared Goff throw in the red zone. That could be a problem for Monroe St. Brown. I think a Monroe will get home. Jamison Williams. I have no expectations.
3: Of oh yeah. There. No, I, I mean, he's we, probably
2: the odds that he's better than Josh Reynolds are extremely low.
3: We're, we're going to see him probably, you know, run like, eight to 10 routes to start. And the, the team doesn't like him. Dan Campbell doesn't like him. No, um, he's, he's going to have to like blow the roof off and like force them to play him. If that's, a, that's his best case scenario. Uh, worst case scenario is he's just out there running, uh, running wind sprints, getting good cardio in.
2: He's going to be MVSing fairly hard, I think for the Lions. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And, and this team, look, this team, like I said, like they, they don't need to, and they don't really want to, uh let it rip through through the uh passing game and that's bad for for anybody who's not named alman ra Brown or sam laporta to an extent
2: yeah marvin jones is in shambles oh jameson williams's return um everyone <laughs> everyone else not so much
3: wow Ch- marvin jones what what was that signing what was yeah, was that was I, that just a legacy like welcome back buddy signing what was that
2: i think it was a cl- clear space down the field signing and maybe he's doing that i haven't looked up like a separation or his cushion he, his, his playing time is in the toilet yeah he, well he's not catching i think he's had one catch no he said i was. say i think he's had one catch since week one he has zero catches oh. one. <laughs> he's one, one target since week one all right um, it is jover from marvin jones yep, it so is funny. jover for the show thank you so much for listening there's gonna be more news throughout the week keep it locked to rotorworld.com Denny's regression files will be dropping on Wednesday. My rankings will be dropping on Thursday. Denny's live chat comes out on Friday live. It doesn't come out, it'll be live on Friday. Check check out Kyle and I's live chat if you want to have some waiver yeah. questions. Although, I don't know. It's going to be close to waivers probably by the time you hear this. Um, but we talk about we talk about everything. And we talk about everything on the site on World. So for Denny Carter, I'm Patrick Darty. Thank you for listening. We'll be back
0: later this week.